chapter eight of natalie page this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. natalie page by catherine Havland taylor chapter eight again awake when i was again aware of living i heard things hazily quite as if there were a thick wall between me and the voices of the people who stood so anxiously bending over me i tell you archie the child was strangled i heard aunt penelope say and heaven only knows what may happen next with all the bolsheviki around can't you do something amy put down that revolver you are driving me crazy and evelyn right in the next room hearing nothing and said she wasn't asleep amy if you don't sit down i will scream and ito right in the pantry by the fire-escape on which he must have climbed if it was a he and how he got up i don't know and you say there's no danger doctor the only child of my dear dead sister and what will happen next the only thing of course is to remain calm amy can't you stop wiggling there are limits and i suppose to maintain calm is the only sensible proceeding what was that she screamed the last and i sat up the doctor was almost rude about telling her to be quiet and then he ordered them all out and sat down on the edge of my bed any one you especially want to see he asked i said i didn't think so sure he asked you'd better not sit with your back to the window i advised then he took hold of my hand there is no danger in windows he said in a level awfully sure voice what hurt you won't hurt you again and he said it so that i believed him at the time now about someone to sit with you to-night the ladies it seems all have engagements and i've urged them to keep them thought the normal might give them a balance oh i'll be all right i answered jane can look in once in a while but without meaning to i looked at the window the doctor frowned and i was ashamed i told him about how i had been chased and that that had upset me a little and that i was usually brave he said he thought i was splendid and that he wasn't angry with me sam kempwood who helped you out of that scrape he questioned i nodded bully chap he said i know him i said i thought he was one of the nicest men that i'd ever met that you could tell it suppose he comes up and plays nurse the doctor suggested i smiled that would be lovely i admitted after a long breath for even then i really loved mr kempwood but i'm sure it will bore him you see i don't know how to entertain people the way my cousin evelyn does but the doctor said that i was to be entertained and that he'd stop at mr kempwood's on the way down and then he wrapped me up in a pink comforter and carried me out to the living-room where he put me on a wide lounge which stands before the fire now hannah or molly or whatever your name is he said to jane you stay with this child until i come back and jane did but she wasn't much help she was so awfully frightened and kept jumping and looking around in just a few moments the bell rang and i heard the men in the hall just a little while we'll change the trend and help her the doctor said the rest have cleared out and good riddance weren't any good awfully decent of you kempwood not a bit of it said mr kempwood hadn't anything to do well don't make a long business of it said the doctor just a few moments will help the child's evident admiration for you led me to think that you could help her most and then they stopped talking and tiptoed in i smiled at mr kempwood and tried to tell him how grateful i was to him for coming up but it was not easy to talk never mind about that he said gently and then he sat down by me 
and showed me some pictures which i couldn't see very well because my sight was so blurred suppose he said were quiet and i nodded and then he took hold of my hand and patted it and it helped a great deal and i don't know how it happened but somehow i was telling him how i hated coming to new york how i missed uncle frank and bradley dear and about the cricket that stays in the earth for three years then my eyes filled and i could feel them and i whispered it's only been three days my dear child he answered and i could see he was awfully sorry for me he patted terribly hard that helped too but it made me smile after that one tear slipped over the edge and because i hadn't a handkerchief he wiped it off with his i thanked him very much and then i said i don't ever cry so i see he answered and he smiled but so gently that i didn't mind i said i don't really that is not when i'm well i hadn't before to-night for ages you didn't to-night he answered and so cheerfully one swallow doesn't make a summer so certainly one tear doesn't make a cry and i was so glad he thought i hadn't when you want to cry hard i confided further swallowing very quickly again and again will stall it it's a great help and he said you little sport and i began to feel happier he looked at me so nicely it warmed me up and my throat began to feel better i asked him when he had to go and he said not until i was so sick of him that i would have jane throw him out then again we were quiet look here he said after a few moments don't you like baseball i nodded as hard as my stiff throat would let me well he went on don't you think your aunt would let you go to the big games with me next year i sat up oh i said if she only would we'll see that she will but that's a long way off we'll have to have good times before that ever been to the hippodrome i said i hadn't and he described it i became very interested for it sounded like a sort of glorified circus i had to lie down again for i began to feel dizzy and sick but he went right on talking of it as he arranged the pillows for me and made me comfortable then i thought of the bracelet and asked for jane mr kempwood rang and she came i told her i wanted a white satin box that stood on my bureau and asked her please to get it when she brought it back i held it for several minutes without opening it and then i shut my eyes and felt the bracelet was there i put it on and then after a little interval i told mr kempwood the whole story i couldn't talk loudly but he leaned over and got it all dear child he said that's utter nonsense i looked at it and shook my head give it to me he said i have a wall safe and i'll take charge of it for you i shook my head you said you'd take me to the league games i answered i'm not going to run any risks and then we both laughed he did some more urgings but i did not give in for i knew that it was my battle and i meant to fight it out i didn't think i could ever hold up my head if i evaded it and then i couldn't bear the idea of its hurting mr kempwood i told him so and not entirely because of those games i admitted honestly but because i like you a great deal he answered me quickly natalie he said i had told him my name as i related the story of the bracelet let's be friends for i like you too and he added after a pause a great deal that began my friendship with mr kempwood which helped me in so many ways and came to mean so much End of chapter eight